Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening and or seeing Russell all time. I'm here on the Three Count Podcast. Welcome everybody to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now We're Into the Ring and I'm your host Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. And by now, after our 300 and something episodes, you know, our season four debut, season four being currently right now, I would just think you would just say it with me, I am your Sherpa. Because like your tribal chief, I need you guys to acknowledge me. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. So who's entering the ring today? You can find this man at RPW. You can find this man at Lucha Libre. You can find this man at Faith by Memory. He is an artist. He is a smooth talker with the mic. He is the man, the mixer, the producer. He does all of that good stuff that you wish that you could do, and then some. He is Russell All Time. Yes, sir. What's up, bro? I'm over here playing a little bit of everything, man. Just coming off of a um, hot ladder match at Wrestle League, the anniversary 11 show. We've been uh, that school has been around for 11 years now, and it's actually my first time having the um, having the match on the anniversary show, so that alone was special. And then for it to be something as big as a ladder match was crazy. Dang, that's cool. That's not something that I have ever have done yet, uh, and I, I don't know if I really want to yet, but there is something about taking like a ladder bump that I am definitely like wanting to do. <laughs> so the thing was when I first thought about the ladder match, it was like, I was just so excited for it. I'm like, damn, like I, I'm like finally finna be able to like the type of matches that I would like play on video games with. Like I'm finna be in a ladder match. And then as the day started getting closer, that's when, like when reality started setting in. It's like, wait, <laughs> like, I'm really about to be in a ladder match. So it's like at some yeah. point, I have to know that I'm falling off of a ladder. And that like that's the part that like completely like skipped my mind in the process of getting excited for. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think it's like something that you you're like always excited. So when they put out like that match graphic or something and you see it for the first time, you just get super excited because you're like, oh my face is on the graphic. Yeah, I'm gonna be in this match. Then you're like getting a promo ready in your mind and you cut this promo and then you just start talking about it, and then all of a sudden, like you start to realize like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the day you see me cutting a promo about being in like a hardcore match or a death match, you're you would literally hear me reconsidering it mid promo. <laughs> it's, it is yeah, I mean it's you know it, it's you know it's like it's a great art form. Like it's an art form. I love watching people who and I, I wouldn't I'm not gonna be one who does death matches, right? I don't think. But also I was like, it's an art form. I don't think it's for me, though. But it's definitely cool to watch people who can, like, perform it and perform it well. Because, like, for me, I'm just like, yeah, I don't think I could take a light to to the back, to the face. I it's I just don't think it's in me. But I definitely appreciate those who are like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, good on you. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I, people should never get mistaken. I respect the hell out of people that do that. Because, like, you know, you already have to be a little crazy to be a wrestler. And it's like, to be that type of wrestler is like, it's levels to yeah. this thing we call crazy. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's a good point that you hit on, like to already be in wrestling, like your screws have already got to be loose. And then just like the deeper you like see people go into it, you're like, yeah, your teenage years weren't good to you, were they? <laughs> yeah. Like you can, it's like, it's just nothing but trauma in wrestling. And like you can see <laughs> all of that unfold. True, true. Hey, so for our listeners and our viewers who don't quite know who you are yet, who is Russell All Time? Oh, Russell All Time. Well, first off, Russell All Time is the MVP, and it's not just a catchphrase; it's more of like a lifestyle to me. Because I feel like when you when you like have a certain amount of confidence in yourself, it makes you be able to do anything. And you know how they say it; they always say it's like it's not what you say; it's how you say it. So it's like you could have two people say the same thing, but like one person will be like really shy or like they they won't be comfortable talking to a big crowd. And then the other person will have the exact same script and they will literally have the crowd like in the palm of their hands because they it's like they're commanding the room. So it's like being an MVP like embodies that type of stuff. Nah. No, I definitely I definitely understand that. It's one of those things that like I think about a lot too is that you have to have a certain mindset, like even when you're in a business or just as a personality wise, whether you're in real life or you're, you know, shoot or kayfabe really just doesn't change, but you, you, whatever mantra you follow by, like that kind of extends into who your character is. Like if you want to be like the outgoing comical, like I'm super like in everybody's face and just want to be like having fun you're going to be that person and then it's going to show in your character. And if you're one of those people that's kind of like, Hey, yo, like I'm the cool, smooth talking kind of dude, it's going to show <laughs> wherever you are. As, especially with what makes it so fun. What makes it so fun is the character. It's like, you can tell like when you see like wrestling nowadays and you meet certain people, you can tell certain people are having fun. And then you could tell, like, certain people are taking it, like, way too serious. And yeah. I feel like wrestling is its best when people have fun. Like, for me, what makes my character fun for me is, like, if I want to be a good guy, I can play on the fact that I might not look like your average wrestler or, the like, what would first pop into your head when you think of a wrestler. And I come from an underground, uh, underdog background. But then if I want to be the a-hole and I want people to boo me, and I could just come out telling telling everybody in Chicago why Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback on earth or any other controversial, <laughs> controversial thing of the sort. You just walk outside and just be like, Jay Cutler was the best thing to happen to the Bears. Yeah. <laughs> I have, um, speaking of uh, controversial sports opinions, I actually have a flag that says Green Bay Boy. And at the bottom it says the Rodgers Association. My founding member oh. of the Rodgers Association. Yeah, it's too bad he don't share that same love back with Green Bay right now. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, the funny thing about that is, like, you know, everybody can't be on top all the time. There's no one person that stays at the top of the mountain the entire time. There, Just like there's a rise, there'll always be a fall. And I just feel like he might be in his, like, fall period right now. And, you know, they say... You can't. The best way to judge a man isn't on how he acts when he wins, but it's how he acts when he loses. So when right. Aaron Rodgers comes back from this dark cloud that he's in right now, I think he's going to be possibly greater than he's ever been. 
I think it's wild, man. Like, and I know our wrestling fans are out there like, why are they talking about football? But if for somebody who like respected but did not like Brett Favre, he is following in his footsteps super hard. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's and that's the that's the comedy side for me. I'm just like, bro, like you definitely you were talking all this junk about, you know, Favre and like you know, him still playing and blah, 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 blah. And here you are going to the Jets, the team that he went to after you took his job. So I'm like, well, I, mean, I can't wait for you to go to Minnesota, bro. <laughs> might not necessarily be by choice. To be honest with you, I feel like it's very ungrateful of Green Bay to do such a thing. You figure <laughs> this man has brought that team to success and they have the nerve to trade him. The, the the quarterback before Rodgers brought that team to greatness. And they're like, hey, we're going to go with this young kid named Aaron. And, uh, you know, we think he's the future. And Brett was like, what? No, I'm I'm getting on the plane. I'm going, I'm going somewhere else. Like, let me go. And that's what they did. They released him and then he went to the Jets. So it is, it is, it's just, to me, it's just funny to see history repeat itself all over again. Just in a vicious cycle of the, the world called the NFL. <laughs> oh yeah, the world of sports. I would, of course, it happens anywhere. But I would say in the in the world of sports, history repeats itself more than ever. Oh yeah, definitely. But uh, so I need to know, how did you get into the business? Wow. So the thing when I I want to say I was around maybe around twelve or thirteen, and at the time I actually wanted to be a rapper. Which, like, I actually am now, but it was, that's what around the time, like, the thoughts first, like, really started coming into my head. But the thing was, it was just so hard. A lot of the things that I do that I'm somewhat good at are things that I was, like, terrible at at first. And so, wrestling, uh, I ended up not being good, like, I was, like, really not good at the music thing at first. So, I ended up, like, losing the confidence in that, and I, like, wanted something else that I felt like I could do for a career. And I want to say I was around 13 or 14. And I was just like literally walking through the house randomly. And I just randomly saw it on my uncle's TV. And as I started asking him about it, it would like become more interesting because it wasn't the first time I saw it on his TV. I would just always like randomly walk by and just think it's like, oh, like, you know, something that an older person would be watching. But then as I started seeing them more and more, I'm like, man, maybe maybe there's a reason he's watching this every week. And that's when it finally clicked into my head to start asking him and talking to him about it. And then they said, no, I started getting more interested about it. So it's like now I'm more of a wrestling head than he is. <laughs> I like that. I like that, though. It's funny because you mentioned like how like you you were traveling, you were checking out the ventures out of like what you wanted to do. And then you you stumbled into pro wrestling. And I feel like a lot of people, like, they always were like, a, they, they became like a wrestling fan. And then they like wanted to try their ventures. And then you even mentioned yourself, right? Like, you want to be a rapper, but then you realize, like, you saw this pro wrestling thing. Then you want to check it out. Then you want to become a pro wrestler. And now here you are going back to your first love of influence or your first love, which clearly is music. And it's just cool to see that, like, now you're able to kind of like pull it together and just kind of like, hey, I'm going to try to blend some stuff together to make it work together. You know, it reminds me of like a, like Leo Rush. 
you know, Leo Rush is a perfect example of a guy who, you know, his 11-11 album is, I, a lot of people can make fun of me about this, but I don't really care. I think it's dope. And I think it's one of those albums that you could kind of vibe with the whole, whole thing. But he's also a very talented wrestler and it's wild to watch him be able to do his thing. So, you know, it's cool to see that you're able to blend the worlds together. Thank you. Uh, I would say if you, if you go, I would say from my experience, like being in it just so far early on is like, if you try to go about the both of them, like individually, like if they're completely separate, I feel like it's going to be like really hard to maintain them. But if you kind of, if you kind of figure out a way to, like you said, to make them work with each other, then it's like, it's, it's easy to manage both of them. Cause you got to figure at the end of the day, those are two different careers, like whole entirely different career points. And it's like one career might require these type of things for you to do. And then the whole other set of things to do with the other one. But like, if you find that like that, that good balance and you're able to mix them both, you can like split your attention and everything. Cause it takes a lot of attention, uh, energy, just thinking like even in my free time, I'm ended up, I end up, I end up working mentally for something where this like putting yeah. together a verse or thinking of a promo, thinking of a spot for a match. No, I definitely understand that. The Leo thing is funny because um, after I started watching wrestling and I wanted, yeah, around like 13, 14, I started actually training for it in 2018. And I started at a uh, wrestling league, the same school that I did the ladder match in. And I came right after high school. And all throughout high school, my whole thing was wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. So, like, music didn't come in until maybe a year or two after I was comfortable in wrestling. And then after that, when I started thinking, once I realized I didn't have to sacrifice one and I could do both and still be happy, that's when I was able to try to figure out a way to make a balance for it. I think that's the important thing too, is that like you have to, and you use the perfect word, the the balance, right? Because even like listening to to like Leo's career, right? Or his, uh, his interviews and stuff like that. That's like the number one thing he talks about, right? Is that he has to find his balance, times when he's going to be in the studio, times that he's going to be in a ring, times that he's going to be training, times that he's going to be writing. Like he has to find all those balances to keep all the wheels moving. And it's, it's definitely tough to keep like two careers going. I know for me, being a personal trainer and then being a wrestler, like trying to keep the whole world separated. But then like my boss is very adamant about me, like doing everything. He actually, he, you know, shouts to Bruce. Uh, he saw, he came to one of my shows and he saw me and he was like, that guy that I saw in the ring is you at the gym, just cranked up way, but a whole bunch. He's like, I need you to, to bring those worlds together and just like explode all over the place. I was like, Oh, you don't want that. <laughs> I was like, you don't want that at all. <laughs> yeah, I want too much red dog. No. No, especially some some arrogant ass uh, smack talking uh, mercenary who legitimately, if you see this guy right here in the red, he's hiding. But yes, I'd like a Deadpool type dude. And I was like, I don't think you want that. That's it's gonna be wild. <laughs> so, uh, Red Dog was that your first character? So funny enough, right? Um, Red Dog has been the only character that I have had, right? And I say that I've gone through iterations of Red Dog, right? Um, so, like, when I first started off as, like, 
this mercenary kind of character. He was very stoic because I came from a military background, like like being an Air Force veteran myself. Um, so I kept him very like serious, but it was very forced and it's not something that's normally me. And I'm not normally that way. So, you know, my trainer was like, well, let's figure out what's you like, how do you do it? And then I was like, all right, cool. So I cut a promo uh, as me. And, uh, and he was like, oh, I like this a little better. So let's see how this works. And since then, I just kind of like, I got lucky and found a groove spot of what I like with my character. So I'm able to like tweak things here and there and then like make him like super outrageous. But yeah, Red Dog is, he's followed me around for a long time. <laughs> it's crazy that you say that. I think as far as anyone that I've talked to, if not the first person, you're definitely one of the only people I know that have had that have had the same character the entire time through. Because like me myself, I probably I think I went through maybe I want to say about four or five characters before I finally found something that I was comfortable with. And it's like the crazy thing is, is like when you're trying to figure it out, you could become like so in love with one thing, and then all it's gonna take is for you to change your man about one minor little thing, and then the character becomes something entirely different. And then you have to throw away all of what you just had. And See, I think it, it, able, I, I was just go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, uh, the only way you'd be able to, um, the only way you'd like be able to use it would be like if the characters were somewhat relatable. But other than that, this way it, it works. Yeah, no, I feel where you're coming from. And I think the reason why my character works as a one shot, right, is a couple things, right? One, I've had like a lot of life experience. I make it no secret, bro, I'm like 37 years old. I'm turning 38 this year. So like I've kind of been around the block for a little bit. And then like knowing that this was like always the kind of plan for me anyway, even when I was like let's be real, performing in the dark arts in a certain place that we're not supposed to be performing at, if that makes sense. Uh, that character himself too was like very like mercenary type-ish kind of character. And there's always going to be like that kind of role. And I, I agree that most people go through like six or seven different iterations of a character. They'll come up with new names, new personalities and stuff like that to go with it. But for me, I was always wanting to be like that, like, outgoing super comedic like i'm just a whole mishmash pish posh of like jam stuff together and just watch how it's gonna blend all together so like between like being an amateur wrestler in college and being able to utilize that as part of my mercenary character training in hawaii when i was in mixed martial arts that kind of becomes a piece and obviously taking a piece of like me wanting to be my my air force career when i was uh, in the intelligence field and then like me being able to pull over from like this side and being that guy that's like hey i love like i love good music right so i love hip-hop and i love a lot of rap artists so i i include some of that stuff and then pulling from my latin side and being able to smash all these things into this uh this pile of like oh my goodness like this dude literally is just a giant deadpool like it just it just kind of worked in my favor. So that may actually made me want to ask, character wise, besides Deadpool, are there any other like anime? Well, not not anime, but like movie characters that inspired Red Dog, or is like Deadpool the only 
It's funny you bring that up because I was going to ask you the same question. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as far as Red Dog goes, Deadpool. Uh, so really Deadpool, not really, I don't want to say it like that. My character is like a miss, a, a big mash of uh, like Ryan Reynolds characters, right? So Fran, Van Wilder, Deadpool, uh, Hannibal from Blade Trinity. Um, and then from there, I love like a lot of good Will Ferrell movies. So there's like a lot of different kind of references that I'll make. Uh, and then from there, Charlie Chaplin, like a lot of people don't realize like he's such a great actor in the silent films. I love being able to like portray pain and not say anything, but you could clearly see that I'm in pain. And I just love his like comedic timing and style. Uh, and from there, I mean, it's just another just mash of everybody else. Spider-Man is definitely another character I pull from because he loves to break the fourth wall. Zach Morris, because he always pulls up these half-assed schemed ideas and then like he comes in with the solution. So like I cause problems and then I come in with the solution. I'm like, hey, yo, like this is the answer. So it's it's a lot of different characters that I've been able to pull from, from uh, for a long time. Uh, I had a commentator recently call me the Bugs Bunny of the wrestling world, which also makes a lot of sense because, you know, Bugs was very animated and very out there, and so am I. So, yeah, it's it's kind of a, a mix of a lot of different characters who openly look at the camera and, like, just come in details and tell people how to do things. I grabbed some guys – I some guy was recording me. He was actually one of the, uh, and I don't want to say some guy, I just don't want to put his name out there, but um, he used to do all the camera work for Ring of Honor, and I blew by the entrance, right, and forgot to stop to, like, do your pose, you know, like, hey, let's go, right? I stopped, and I turned around, and I grabbed the camera from him, and I just put it on me, and um, if you, if you ever played Marvel versus Capcom 3, this is just a direct pull from it, right? So I grabbed the camera and I pulled it real close and I was like, hey, hit the record button right now so you don't miss out on this. Knowing this is going to be on oh. YouTube. Ain't nobody going to Yeah, see? And so I grabbed the camera and I turned it to a random fan. I was like, tell him to hit the record button. He's like, hit it on, put it on. I was like, put it on now. What do you mean you're going to leave it alone? And then I just spun the camera away. And like, Perfect. it was just... <laughs> <laughs> that's where I get a lot of so, my ideas. Though. I just pull them. <laughs> so that's funny. That's like that's one of the more creative, uh, creative ways of interacting with interacting with the camera, interacting with the fans. I've heard in a while. Like telling telling them to make sure that they're able to watch it when they know for a fact they're watching it, and it's like that type yeah. of thing. <laughs> that type of thing is like that's one of those like simple things that just makes everything about a character better that people like might overlook because they might be overthinking. Well, like one, like I give another example of things that I like doing. Uh, this one time I got to work in front of mine. His name is J.F. Hawthorne. Um, and his character is very Shakespearean thespian, right? Like a big actor. And he's, uh, he was like, take a bow. And I was like, do I get to win an Oscar? And he was like, it's a Tony. And then we did a rush of leg sweep and I fell. And as I hit the ground, I roll back over and I find a roaming cam and just look at the roaming cam. And I was like, I just want to win a Razzie. And saying that to the crowd got him to pop. So he covers his face because he doesn't want to laugh. But yeah. he legitimately was like, he was laughing underneath everything. And I was like, 
that's how that was like yeah those are like little things that i like to do where i like to interact with other people's characters and like legit try to get them to break in the ring it's it's so much fun <laughs> i think that's one of the, that's one of the biggest accomplishments you can have as a wrestler is like making making the person you're fighting making them pop yeah well, like in promo <laughs> wise too it happened to me recently in a promo except the person wasn't my enemy he was actually my teammate i had two teammates with me and one of them was in the back in the background of the video he was in a pineapple suit because he's our mascot is a pineapple Nice. And me and my tag partner, we're like we're trying to be all serious. Well, at least he is. I'm I'm a little more goofy. And we're getting through the promo. And as we're talking the entire time, the pineapple is just like wiggling around and like getting jiggy behind us. So it's like I'm seeing him out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, okay, let me let me look back before he gets crazy. And I'm finishing up my part, and then my partner starts talking. And I have to look at him to, you know to affirm what he's saying and back it up. Then I look back again and it's getting crazier back there and he's dancing even crazier. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we need to wrap this up. And my partner gets to the end and as soon as he's getting done, I finally look back one more time and the pineapple literally just took me out. I have, I like, I immediately had to duck my head. So I'm like, yeah, you're, you're crazy right now. You're acting crazy. So I'm just looking down. <laughs> So this camera doesn't see me break character. <laughs> that's always like that's always the for like me. Uh, I I I'm fortunate. Like I like to. And some people will call it throwing spaghetti at the wall, right? One of my friends, uh, he uh, PJ, he says it all the time. But uh, my character, I like coming up with like random ass shit. So like I have like the the Adventures of Red Dog is what I call it. So I have different chapters of the adventures of red dog and I'm always doing something different. So kind of different promo. Um, recently I did like, uh, the promo I did was a breaking news segment where like, I was like cutting my promo like I normally do. And I just interrupted it with a whole like breaking news talking about me going in for a title shot. Uh, I did a blues clues one, which I thoroughly enjoy. I thought that was like one of my favorites cause it was a dedication to my dog who I lost last year. And then, I did one as Luis from Ant-Man retelling the story about how I got my two friends involved in a wrestling match that they shouldn't have been in. And uh, with that promo, like I was able to get my trainer, uh, Alex Kane, uh, my friend TJ Sykes and a Renegade Twins all to send in videos for the promo. And it was Oh my god, I was crying at the end of it because I thought it was so funny. <laughs> yeah, some promos when you're able to like really get creative and have fun with promos, some promos are just gonna take you out looking back at them. Like when you, mm -hmm. you know I feel like you know you're doing like a, a halfway decent job when you're looking back at your own promos and you like popping yourself. This is like who's <laughs> writing this stuff? <laughs> Definitely. Hey, so you know, he was asking my character, but I'm kind of curious, like, what characters influence, you know, Russell all the time? Okay, so I want to say, let me see. If I had to pick, like, everything that mixes into Russell all the time, I'm going to say Johnny Bravo. I'm going to say uh, Bling Bling Boy off of Johnny Test, the cartoon. Mm -hmm. I want to say, I want to say LeBron James. I want to say... 
I want to say Jimmy Neutron. And let's see. And I would say Superman. Okay. All of those. I am not much. All time. I was like, I'm, I'm just thinking about it. Yo, yeah, because I want to hear, like, I want to hear, like, what about specifically a Superman is it that you pull from? Well, the Superman aspect is, like, arguably my favorite aspect of my Russell all-time character. Because when you see people like Superman, you know, those, like, you know, the people that, like, buff chest out heroes that everybody looks up to and you know like they're going to be able to get the job done no matter how hard the fight is for them so that relates to Mm -hmm. me personally i feel like when i'm in my matches and especially like if i'm going against somebody bigger than me and i'm like really taking the beating and it's like it's looking like i'm not gonna win but then i start getting that fire back and you know things start hurting less as i'm like charging up and i'm like in the moment and i'm feeling the energy so it's like i'm I'm healing myself up i'm getting fired up it's like I become unstoppable, like a superhero. So that's what makes me think of people like Superman. Okay, I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, I can I can accept that. All right, so let me ask you a question, man. Uh, and one of my favorite questions to ask pretty much everybody who comes on this show. What's one of the hardest lessons you've had to learn being in the business? Hmm. I would say it's not as easy as it looks. I had to learn that on my first day because, you know, like watching wrestling, you just think like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to show up training one day and doing RKOs on people and pedigrees and all of that type of stuff. But then it's like, boy, you, you find out the hard way. It's a lot more than pedigrees and RKOs that go into wrestling. It's just on the wrestling side alone. It's like it's technique. It's time that has to be put in. It's skills, dedication, energy, passion. And then the side that the kids completely slept on is the physical side it's like the exercises you have to do uh the strain you put on your body the test you put on your body all of those different things like muscle tears even like the feeling of getting stronger where it's like your arm could be like this small and then just after a little dedication get like this big and it's like just that type of stuff like self-improvement all of that type of stuff like factors in and it's literally not it's not just what you see on TV. No, I definitely agree. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of grind that you got to put into it. Like there's no easy way to say it. And I think that's the one thing you hear a lot of people talk about. I can do that. I'm like, can you? Then do it. If, if you think it's that easy, then do it. And then you quickly realize it's not that easy <laughs> at all. Oh yeah, you found out the hard way because it's like the stuff... It's like even if even if you tell somebody do what you just saw, they still wouldn't be able to even if they thought they could because doing what they see isn't just like the exact thing that just happened. It's all the work that took to making that be able to happen. Like someone doing like a, a moonsault or a 450. It's like you see that and just think, oh, yeah, it's just too, it's like a, a front flip and a half. It's easy. But then once you actually do like the squats it takes, the – push-ups, whatever it takes to build that core and that strength to actually do that move, then you will realize, like, it's a, it's like it's a lot more than what you see. It's the build-up to everything. And that's where the question comes in, could you do it? It's like, could you do have the dedication for the – could you spend the time building building your body for whatever it is you're about to see? Yeah, I definitely – I agree. I agree with that. Especially, like, when I got in, I thought I was in, like – I was in – I was in 
okay shape. And I was like, yo, I was like, I need to put a little bit more time into this and grind into this. So like, I just kind of like threw all my chips into the bag and I was like, I'm just going to become, you know, I was like, I've always wanted to become a personal trainer anyway. So I was like, let me just become a personal trainer, get my stuff together and start really dedicating myself to like building strength, building endurance, building cardio, building all the things that were going to come into this. And like my, just a body transformation part is one thing, but then the, the ability to sustain contact, which a lot of people don't realize, like that sucks so much wind out of you, like hitting a bump and recovering it's hard. <laughs> it's really oh, yeah. tough. Like, you have to build those calluses up in your body. And so for me, I was like, I need to get in shape and, you know, strengthen up my back. So that way I can do that. And there's been a lot of like a lot of bumps to it. So I'm like, all right, let me figure this out and I'll, I'll get this put together. So yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's not as easy as it looks at all. Right. Especially, <laughs> especially the bump part, because People, you know, when you watch it and you see and you see somebody get hit and then they get they get back up and they turn around, it's like it's a lot it's not just them it's not just them bouncing off the ground like it's a trampoline. These people are like actually getting hit and then having their back hit the mat, which is like a minor car accident, and then getting back up and continuing the fight after that. It's not just the Oh, I'm gonna hit the ground and come right back up. Like once you actually bump, you realize it might not be as easy to get up as I thought it was. Yeah, I think they said like taking hitting a bump is equivalent to like taking a 30 mile an hour car crash. Like yeah. I'm like, yeah, I feel like that's about equivalent. Cause I wake up some mornings and I feel like I've been in a car accident. <laughs> I would say the one good thing to come from like the pain from bumps is like if we actually do get into an accident, at least we're prepared to take the pain. <laughs> Walking off like, mm, yeah. I had a buddy who um he was walking downhill and he slipped on some ice and he hit and then he instantly started selling the pain. And as he got up, he was like, Oh no, this this no, this really hurts. And he was like protected because like as he hit the ground, like he like, you know spread out the force but then he realized like oh no 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 this really hurts <laughs> a lot <laughs> yeah he did. And you feel certain things you realize you know what i don't even have to try to sell on this it's like i'm actually in pain <laughs> yeah <laughs> yo so those are some of my uh questions i like to ask people though but i do want to get into the best segment of the three count podcast it used to be the red dogs power rankings it's not anymore but this is the three count podcast 10 count questions and Mr. All Time, this is how it works. I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you rapid fast. And uh, whatever your answer is, is your answer. Okay. So we're going to put on the imaginary timer for ad pressure. Bing! In the words of Mike Goldberg, here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Smackdown. Favorite movie? Transformers 1. Okay. Tupac or Biggie? Biggie. All right. Favorite actor? Uh, Shia LaBeouf. Okay. PlayStation or Xbox? Xbox. Favorite cartoon? Pokemon. Okay. Follow-up question. Which generation? 
I would say, I believe it's the fifth generation, the one where the starters is like a monkey, um, a monkey, a penguin, and I believe, and I believe a lizard. But I know that's my favorite generation. Whichever uh, generation has Infernape, the Fire Monkey, that's my favorite generation. Yeah, you talk about Chimchar, uh, Tree Gecko, and oh, yeah. uh, who? Yeah, was, the Gecko. Uh, Pip Piplup? Yep. Wait, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, I, I speak Pokemon too, for those who didn't know. Uh, so we're going to jump back in. Apple or Android? Apple. Apple all day. These things, <laughs> these things are capable of doing some things that just Androids just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't even dream of. Except this podcast is being filmed on an Android. Uh, <laughs> favorite podcast. <laughs> uh, hmm. Favorite podcast. I'm gonna say the MMA hour with uh, Ariel Hawani. Love that. Uh, nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. Nominate somebody. I would like to see Triple D, Drake Dixon on here. That okay. Drake Dixon. And then, last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person who comes on this podcast: favorite curse word. Uh, I would say shit. Only because, like, you could use that in so many different ways. <laughs> you can get away with those on a PG show, unlike some of the other ones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, there's a lot of truth to that, especially if you hit the ground hard enough on a bump and you just accidentally slips. People are like, oh, man, it's accidental. It just happens. Uh, but, yo, those are all my heavy-hitting questions. So the last thing I need from you is to let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find so anybody listening or seeing this podcast can find me on social media at Russell All Time Wrestling for my wrestling content. Or if you're interested in seeing me in the music space, you can check me out at JR Lindsay or on social JR Lindsay Music. And you can find that, all you. of that content on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Snapchat, YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify. I'm a little bit, of, a little bit everywhere. We're trying to be. Hey, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, he told you where you could find him. He also gave you his, he gave you his all of his links for his hip hop, so you can go, you know, follow him on Spotify, give him likes, give him follows. But like every good part of a wrestling match, we gotta take this home because this is the Three Count Podcast with this now inch ring, and I'm your host, Clever Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. But like every good sharper, you gotta have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. So who's entering the ring? You see him right there. It is the man, the myth, the legend, the hip-hop hero himself, Russell, all time. And you guys know what to do. Tune in to the next episode and be there. Or you're legitimately just following us on all of our social media platforms. You're even subscribed to our YouTube channel, both of them. You're buying our merch on foryourwear.com for slash the three-count podcast. You're even telling all your friends about us where we're at. You're following us on our our Spotify, you're subscribed, you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. You're leaving us five-star frog slash reviews on all of our Apple podcasts. You're telling your friends about how great we are. You're leaving those comments or those dislikes. We'll take those too. And you're letting everybody know what's up. And you're doing all that stuff. Or you're really just kind of waiting for this to end. You're waiting for the outro. 
and then you're choosing another episode to listen to. Kawhi. Is it all finished? Uh, What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the Three Count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod. Give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to youtube.com, give subscribe, turn the bell on, turn on notifications, leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast and in there you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. At ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So show us some support, please.